Welcome to Change of Plans. I'm Andres Zuleta. On Change of Plans, we feature stories of resilience and reinvention, interviewing entrepreneurs and other creative individuals who have found fun and inspiring ways to adapt to sudden unexpected challenges. My guest today is Brendan Carter, a creative winemaker from Adelaide, Australia, who's on a mission to make lockdown as fun as possible with daily happy hours and junk food pairings. Thanks so much for, for having us on. Of course. Um, yeah, let me just tell everyone a little bit about you and then we'll get right into it. Brendan is a creative winemaker who has a, basically a, a beverage empire that includes <laughs> uh, a wine company called Unico Zello and also the Applewood Distillery. So yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Brendan. My, my pleasure. I, I really do, do enjoy the concept of having a beverage empire. <laughs> I just think that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. So congratulations. Well, thank you. No, we've, we've got a, a range of, I guess, yeah, it's, it's very humbling because I guess a lot of what we do is, is very, very, very creative. And I think no uh, entrepreneur or, or um, uh, you know, any, anyone skilled in the art, fine art of business uh, would ever actually think any of our ideas would amount to anything. Uh, and somehow they have. It's always been about linking us back to the land that we belong to, back to Australia and, and helping us uh, find our own identities again. Um, it's about, hey, look, um, I really love your culture. Um, and here's something from ours which we think you might enjoy as well. Uh, we have a very enthusiastic team of people that have gotten behind that. And leading up to this whole crazy mess, um, it was uh, four guns blazing. And you know, my wife and I, are, uh, we're here for three months of the year to make wine. And then, you know, pretty much five months of the year, we're, we're not here. We're either interstate or we're overseas um, telling a, a, a unique Australian story, hence Unicode. So, you know, things were going well in a lot of ways. And I understand that you had also faced some other challenges, um, thanks to the bushfires. But walk us back to that, I guess, the moment when you just had the realization that you were going to have to do something completely different because of, you know, the current situation. We, we had known that coronavirus was happening, and this was around about early March. And um, uh, around early March, we were, in, we're in the middle of our harvest period. And um, my wife, who, who's an amazing winemaker, has taken over all production whilst I've been, you know, getting on the road and, and sharing and spruiking the story a bit. And um, I thought, you know what, this is the prime time when all other winemakers are uh, uh, consumed with, with their production and harvest. I can get on the road and I can actually go and share this story and, you know, um, get, get a leg up. And um, I was in Melbourne, 35 meetings uh, planned. And they all counselled on me within a day of the announcement of more stringent uh, isolation controls in Victoria. And so within about four hours, you know, my entire, my entire week was completely you know, of, of running through and telling the story across Melbourne was obliterated. Um, and I was on a plane back to South Australia and I almost fainted on the plane because I just, I just couldn't get out of my head that, you know, I was trying to, you know, and, and admittedly in hindsight, put my head in the sand regarding you know, the coronavirus and COVID and exactly how bad it was going to get, how quickly. Um, and now I'm being forced into isolation through no fault of my own, at, completely out of my control. Um, and then I realized at that point, we, are, we have totally hit critical mass when it comes to not the virus, but the fear. Um, and it didn't really matter what I did. Um, I'm going to be put into isolation. Now, every single one of our products that we craft fights isolation it is literally built 
to bring people together. It's built for what we call conviviality. And we inherently, uh, obviously, you know, that, that can no longer occur. But I was more concerned about these two moments throughout the day for, for many Australians and, and just human beings in general. Um, you know, you finish work, you go down to your pub, meet some mates, maybe a little wine bar, crack a couple of tinnies and, or a bottle of wine, and you decompress, you know, at the end of the day. Um, now, obviously, with pubs closing, wine bars closing, that wasn't going to happen. But even worse, I realised that, you know, with the recommendation that everyone works from home, then what's going to happen to that, you know, little micro moment that is so important for so many human beings. They, they finish work, they jump in, in, in their car, they spend some time in traffic, they get home really frustrated. And the other half can see that on their face when they arrive. And they say, you want a glass of wine? Want to tell us about your day? And allows them the, the, the one chance of the day to just decompress. Now, if you're working from home, no one's ever going to ask you how your day was because, well, they were there the whole day. And there is no sort of trigger for you to be able to go, oh, I'm done work. I'm going to, I'm going to, to crack a bottle of wine right now and, and we, we're going to just, we're going to clock off for a little bit and, and reset. Um, and this is where it starts to get into the real sort of interesting point about, you know, um, uh, food and beverage industry being regarded as non-essential. I, I do understand the reasons why, why they are, of course, um, you know, required to, to not operate because of isolation measures. But um, to be deemed as not essential is a bit of a slap in the face, I think, for mental health. Um, and I think it's a bit of a, a slap in the face for, for cultural identity. When you were thinking all these thoughts on the plane, you know, was there just a flash of inspiration? Of course. Um, you know, when I obviously got, got back home and um, met with, with my wife and we sat down and it was a pretty serious conversation about money, of course. Like, you know, we've, we've only got 90 days worth of cash left before everything that we've, we've worked for for a decade literally no longer exists. That's, that's, that's not like, oh, you know, the money is slowed down, so we need to slow down ourselves. Uh, 95% of our, our customers were obliterated overnight. Um, there's no recovering from that. Um, and I think, like I said, a lot of the conversations surrounded, you know, money. But for us, all I could think about was um, how can we actually help people? How can we actually, you know, that's what we do on a daily basis. We help people and, and they repay us by purchasing some of our products. Uh, if you help enough people, you sell enough products. Um, and so I thought, well, what, what service could we offer just people sitting at home now? And that was when I realized that we should do live streaming once a day at precisely that time of day where, um, where they would be knocking off work as that little trigger. Because, of course, if you do follow our Facebook page, if you do um, you know, follow us on, on YouTube, uh, of course, there'll be a little, you know, boop, boop, up on your phone uh, when, when we go live. And that might, be, that might be everyone's trigger. And it started small and it started to grow and grow and grow. And essentially, we're having a, a direct conversation uh, with people who are and are not our customers, um, uh, allowing them the ability to be able to go, oh, I've got a drinking buddy. And it's like, think of it like talkback video instead of talkback radio. Uh, it's uh, a live, uh, essentially a live chat stream and, um, and you can... You can talk to someone um, once a day about how your day's gone. You can, you can have a glass of wine. You can, have, you can just sit on the waters. It's fine. But you've, you've got basically another human being that actually is talking directly to you once a day and giving you the permission to not feel great. Um, and we call it the daily happy hour because, you know, we try to bring a little bit of, I, I guess, a lighthearted nature to everything that's going on. I think we had a very clear idea of what we wanted to do was to make people that that sit at home 
feel like they're not alone anymore. Um, that was all we wanted to achieve. And we wanted to, to, to put a few smiles on people's faces by, you know, funnier observations about all this stuff that's been going down just to basically just to get us through to the opposite side of this. Um, what's evolved since then is we've realized, of course, we're a wine brand. So we attract a lot of people that love wine and we're building a wine community. What's evolved since then is that, uh, you know, there's the just interesting questions that we continue to get. You know, we, we had a couple of trolls jump on that was like, you know, what wine goes well with cheesels, guys? We're like, hey, let's start a whole segment on junk food wine. Let's, let's, uh, I went down to the, uh, down to the local supermarket and bought 150 bucks worth of junk food and uh, got a lot of strange looks at the checkout. And, um, and every night we, we've done everything from cheese twisties to, you know, uh, Supreme Doritos. We've done Tim Tams last night. We've done cheesels. Um, <laughs> we've done uh, different flavors of shapes. Um, and, and found some legitimate, you know, fun matches, but it keeps people entertained. I think, you know, they have now the comfortability to be able to ask the questions about a, a, a subject that we're very, very passionate about, uh, in a very open and inviting atmosphere. So, I mean, apart from the trolls, which it sounds like you handled really oh, nicely. We, we love, we, we love trolls. We welcome trolls. Um, I'm just curious, you know, what, what's been the biggest challenge about this new project? Um, oh, probably the biggest, the biggest challenge has been, uh, I think the sustainability of the self. Um, uh, you know, we, I made a commitment to do this absolutely every day at the exact same time every day until this is over. And I, I again, had my head in the sand. I thought we were talking 14 to 20 days. I'm on today will be day 35. Um, that's cracking a couple of bottles of wine every day for 35, <laughs> 35 days straight. <laughs> I'm doing it for other people. Um, no, but, um, I, I, and I think that's, um, probably the, the number one thing is the sort of the engagement and ensuring that, um, you know, I am there for, you know, other people. We had a, an amazing guest on called Nikki Friedley who really spoke quite passionately about how sort of wait staff and food and beverage staff, um, you know, they take on, they're, they're such empathetic people that they actually take on the pain and stress of their customers. That's why you leave a restaurant feeling good after a rough day. Um, but we internalize it. And, and indeed, I'm starting to feel the effects of that. You know, we've had a bunch of people who have lost their jobs, who have shared intimate stories in front of everyone talking about how they had to go into work to pick up their staff and other people who just unfortunately were traveling around Australia and they entered South Australia on the wrong day and they had 14 days of isolation where they just couldn't get paid, um, you know, who shared that. And we were their sort of, you know, once a day salvation to to have a, a voice to the outside world that wasn't your, your own network. And here's the other, you know, really important thing, of course, you know, there's so many people using Zoom right now. Um, now, there's not a lot of, uh, like when you are using, say, things like Zoom and other, other live streaming services, you're, you're obviously talking to your own established network. What happens when you run out of your own network? How do you actually expand your network? How do you meet new people when you're isolated? And that's where, you know, this whole sort of concept, the, the challenge for us now is that we have actually built, um, you know, we've succeeded in doing what we wanted to do. We've built a wine community um, or maybe it's not just a wine community. It's just a, a community in general. Like how can we continue to foster and how can we continue to look after and be inclusive uh, and grow that community bigger than it is now? So, it, you know, it, it, it's self-sustaining. It sounds like, you know, it's obviously a lot of unexpected benefits have come from it. I mean, how are you measuring success with what you're doing now compared to how you might have, you know, measured success previously? 
Um, well, yeah, previously, of course, success was measured in, uh, you know, units sold and, um, you know, markets established and, you know, the typical sales, uh, you know, speech. Now we're looking at things like sentimentality. We're looking at um, uh, community growth. We're looking at, um, you know, the amount of people that are chiming in uh, and also the amount of time. You know, we might have a thousand or two thousand people chime in, but if they're only chiming in for 20 seconds of an hour long show, they're probably not that captivated. Um, and so we're, we're trying to keep people captivated, you know, on the platform. And every single day, we're answering every single person's comments uh, without fail. Um, and, and to, to continue to actively engage and recording any questions that we miss so we can answer them on the next show so that they tune into the next show. And um, I don't know, so we're measuring um, our business, I feel like we probably should have been measuring it before. Um, like what you would, you would assume that the business that has the most amount of customer sentimentality, the, the most amount of engagement, the, the most amount of continual followers that you're, that you're measuring based on the amount of time that they're, they're spending you know, their day listening to you, they obviously are into what you do. Um, and they're probably going to become customers of yours by extension of that. Um, and so we are currently incentivized to add as much value, and I mean non-monetary value, to customers' lives as best as we possibly can. And I think that's a really humbling thing to realize because prior it was, you know, what product can we get out at what price point and, you know, what what amazing branding can we shove on the front? And that's starting to fall, you know, that's still a part of it. Don't get me wrong. You can't, you can't I mean, you can't back this up with terrible product. Um, but I think um, putting our focus back on the individual has been a real wake-up call for us. You know, there were a couple of times where you maybe didn't anticipate the kind of the scope of how long mm, things would you know, sure. go on. So, I mean, with so much uncertainty just currently, how how do you and your your wife your partner think about think about the future and think about you know trying to make plans and projections we don't i think we we are currently operating uh with a uh 30 day uh timeline um you know there's so much chatter about venues opening back up by you know before the end of financial year there's then chatter about them not opening up until september um so there's just there is complete and utter uncertainty and our best way to be able to tackle that is just, all right, what's, what's the little window that we can see or we can see as clearly as we possibly can and let's just, let's just look at that window uh, for one. Let's just try to tackle that one um, and try not to get too overwhelmed with, with, with it all. Um, and it is very, very easy right now to be very much overwhelmed uh, with everything that's going on, especially when we realise, you know, we used to have eight different income streams. That's been... Um, that's been obliterated to one, um, and that could drop off at any at any point. Um, and we're we're trying to sustain about twenty full time staff, um, you know, and in a rural area where there aren't, you know, it's not like people can leave a job here and just sign up to Coles and Woolies and go and work there. Um, it's really difficult here. A lot of people also tie their 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 own identity to to you know where they work for, especially in rural communities. Um, you know, we would be one of the largest employers in our little town. Um, and we, we made that commitment to everyone that, that works here that we'll stand by them. Um, so yeah, it is very, very easy to be overwhelmed with this. So no, we don't really uh, forecast too, too far forward. We just look at the next 30 days and because we know in, in 30 days time, it's going to be a very different world again. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, it is definitely a lot of people are feeling overwhelmed these days. Um, 
what advice would you give, you know, other entrepreneurs, other business owners who are, you know, maybe not finding inspiration right now and who are feeling stuck, really struggling? Go back to business basics. You're there to service a customer or group of customers. What can you do to possibly add value to them right now? That's where you're going to find your source of inspiration. And that's more than likely where you're going to find your source of being able to monetarily survive. Um, so think perhaps just give yourself a bit of a break of, oh, we need to hit this amount of gross profit per period uh, to, to survive and think more so about, all right, who are our customers? Get on the phone with them, have a conversation with them, ask them what they need from you and get, get a little bit creative, do something a little bit different, get behind a live stream, share your knowledge um, or, or support in any other possible way. Well, I really love what you all are doing. Um, how can people support you and your business, even from afar? Uh, from look, chiming in, live streaming, every, uh, you know, it used to be just a very sort of flippant thing to be able to hit the share button, the like button. Um, and, and really, you know, you didn't really feel you were making a difference for us right now. That makes a massive difference. Um, it is about building that sense of community again. And it, it doesn't just make a difference for us. It actually makes a difference for other people within that community. Um, as a direct support for us, jumping on our website, we've, we're, um, uh, we've uh, done up little isolation six packs for people in Australia that, um, that still feel that they would really like to, to uh, consume really tasty wine uh, at a really good price point. And so usually they're, they're up near the sort of 250 bucks, but we've got them. We're just like, let's just do a hundred dollar six pack um, and, and get really tasty wine out to people. Um, as well as in gin as well, we've done the same thing with a little three pack of, of really amazing gins. Uh, so th those things help keep everything, the wheels on this crazy bus going. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. No, really no, my pleasure. It. Thanks for taking the time. Of course. So if you want to learn more about Brendan and the great work that they're all doing, um, check the show notes for links. And if this episode helped inspire you, please share it with a friend and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in.